everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Life in Overdrive. I just saw the new Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, earlier tonight, and holy shit, there are going to be spoilers and spoilers and spoilers in this episode. So, if you don't want to have the movie spoiled for you, and you haven't already seen it, maybe wait a little bit until you listen to this one. First of all, I am so glad that this is actually not just a good, but a fantastic Star Wars movie. Something that hasn't happened in my lifetime. After the fiasco that happened with the prequels, I was a bit nervous going into this one. I was scared that maybe another good Star Wars movie just wasn't in the cards for us, and I am so glad that I was wrong about this one. The cinematography is gorgeous. The writing is amazing. The new characters are fantastic, and they're just as interesting as the characters in the original trilogy, and the interactions that they have with those original characters are organic and compelling and believable. But because I watched the original trilogy so many times, I noticed something a little peculiar while I was watching this movie, and this is where the spoilers are going to start, so I'm going to warn you one more time. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want it spoiled for you, turn back now because proceeding further at this point would be ill-advised. Still with me? Okay. Episode 7, The Force Awakens, is almost point for point the same story as Episode 4, A New Hope. Think back to the very beginning of Episode 4. What's happening? Leia is taking the plans for the Death Star and hiding them inside of R2-D2 so that they can safely make it back to the Rebel Alliance. And after the Empire learns that R2-D2 is on the desert planet of Tatooine, Darth Vader scours the planet searching for the droid so that he can recover the stolen plans. So let's jump to The Force Awakens. The opening scene is on the desert planet of Jakku, where we see a rebel pilot named Poe taking what he later refers to as a map to Luke Skywalker and storing the data on a BB-8 droid. When the First Order, which is basically the New Galactic Empire, finds out that this map is stored on the BB-8 droid, Kylo Ren, who looks kind of like Darth Vader and is essentially the new Darth Vader in this series, starts to scour the desert planet of Jakku for this BB-8 droid. Now in A New Hope, R2 and C-3PO crash land on Tatooine, and they're picked up by some scavengers in the desert who later sell them to Luke Skywalker and his uncle. The BB-8 droid crash lands in the desert in Jakku. He is found by a scavenger who wants to essentially sell him for parts, and he is saved by a woman named Rey. And the movie drops some not-so-subtle hints that Rey is probably Luke Skywalker's daughter. So if my theory in that regard is correct, both droids are picked up by scavengers in the desert and then ultimately saved when they run into a Skywalker. Now, Luke runs into a wise old man by the name of Ben Kenobi, and this is about the time that the Empire attacks Luke's homestead and kills his family, and both Luke and Ben are forced to find a ride with a smuggler by the name of Han Solo, who they sort of hire and they hightail it out of there on the Millennium Falcon. While they're in transit, Ben Kenobi teaches Luke Skywalker about the Jedi, and both Han and Luke thought that the Jedi were just myths and legends, and 
Ben assures them that it's all true, the Jedi, the Force, all of it. In The Force Awakens, the First Order attacks Jakku while they're searching for the BB-8 droid, and Rey, along with Finn, an ex-stormtrooper from the First Order that she ran into, have to flee the planet, and they make their getaway in a ship that they steal from a scrapyard along the way, which happens to be the Millennium Falcon. So they flee the New Empire from this desert planet in the Millennium Falcon, just like in A New Hope. While they're in transit leaving the planet, they run into a wise old man by the name of Han Solo. They tell Han that the BB-8 droid has this map to Luke Skywalker. Finn says that he thinks that Luke Skywalker was just a myth, and at this point, Han tells them about the Jedi, how he thought that they were just a myth once, but, and these are his exact words, it's all true. The Jedi, the Force, all of it. So the first act of both movies, point for point, are almost entirely the same. And you might ask me, how can this movie possibly be good if it's just a rehashing of the original? And to that I say, let's look at another movie that J.J. Abrams has directed, Star Trek Into Darkness, which is essentially a rehashing of The Wrath of Khan in the same way. So many things were the same in those two movies, but the new Into Darkness is still a good movie in its own right because it pays homage to the movie that came before, and enough things are changed and different to keep it new and fresh and interesting. And there are so many tiny things in The Force Awakens that are similar to A New Hope. Like, whenever Rey and Finn first run into Han Solo, they don't know it's Han Solo. They escape Jakku, and the Millennium Falcon is caught in a tractor beam and pulled into another ship, just like it is in A New Hope. In A New Hope, it's captured by the Empire, and Han shows everybody how to hide in one of the smuggler bays. They do this, stormtroopers come onto the Millennium Falcon, and they can't find anybody. They just think that it's an empty ship. Whenever the Millennium Falcon gets pulled into this ship in The Force Awakens, Rey and Finn hide in a very similar, if not the same compartment. But it turns out that the ship is Han Solo's, and he immediately finds them in this compartment. It's just kind of a nice nod to that moment in the first movie, but it doesn't quite turn out the same way, and it's a nice way of keeping it original and at the same time showing how sharp Han is, and that shit just doesn't get by him. You gotta wake up pretty early in the morning to fool Han Solo with his own trick, especially when you're performing that trick on Han Solo's ship. They eventually take this map to the new Rebel Alliance, which is Surprise, headed by Princess Leia, but... On their way, they discover that the new empire, the First Order, has an incredibly powerful secret weapon unlike anything the galaxy has ever seen before. Surprise, surprise, it's a huge battle station with a gun that is capable of destroying planets. That's right, it's a Death Star. But it's not just any Death Star, it's a bigger and badder Death Star. Whenever this gun charges, it can send a barrage across enormous distances at multiple targets, and we see it destroy several planets with one salvo. 
And it's even more destructive than that because the way that it charges the weapon is by siphoning the energy off of a nearby sun and it consumes the entirety of that sun in the process and then it's fully charged and ready to fire again. It's so ridiculously similar to the Death Star that when they're planning on attacking it, Han even points it out and he says, so it's a Death Star, at which point one of the rebels, maybe even Leia herself, I'm a bit fuzzy on the details, I just saw the movie tonight, I only saw it once, but one of the rebels said, no, this is the Death Star, and they pull up a hologram of the Death Star, and they say, this is the new battle station, and they pull up a hologram of the new station, and it's just another ridiculously sized spherical station, but it's like five times the size of the Death Star in comparison. Both stations are even ultimately destroyed in a way that was unforeseeable to the station's creators. The first Death Star was only destroyed because Luke was capable of using the Force and guiding his photon torpedoes down a chute that they only could have made it into with the usage of the Force, and there were no Jedi left, so that sort of thing didn't even cross their minds. The new station has a field the entire way around it that is self-contained. Apparently they learned from the mistake on Endor where the shield was off of the battle station. And this station's almost the size of a planet, so the surface actually has its own atmosphere and environment and trees and shit. It's very much like a planet. And Han says that the shield is programmed to stop anything traveling slower than light speed, basically. So what does he do? He goes through the shield while still in hyperspace and drops out between the shield and the ground like a fucking madman. But just like the incredible pilot that made the Kessel Run in under 14 parsecs that we all know and love. And one of the most iconic scenes in A New Hope is when the wise old man, Ben Kenobi, has his confrontation with Darth Vader and is ultimately struck down and killed. But not before he tries to tell Darth Vader that it's not too late for him and he can still turn to the light, and Darth Vader kills him anyways. In The Force Awakens, the wise old man, Han Solo, confronts Kylo Ren on the station, and Kylo Ren is actually Han's son, Ben, which is the big I am your father reveal in this movie, which, and I get that part where we learn that Darth Vader is Luke's father is in Empire Strikes Back, but it's just a nod to that series. Anyways, Han confronts him, and he says, it's not too late, you can still come back with me. Come back to your mother and I, let's be a family again. And we can see Kylo Ren struggle with that, and then he says a line very similar to what Darth Vader tells Luke in A New Hope. He says, your son is dead, I killed him. And Darth Vader says, your father's dead, I killed him. And after saying this, Kylo struggles for a moment and then he strikes Han down and kills him and there are a bunch of other similarities I've only grazed the surface like whenever the X-Wings make their final run on the battle station there's a trench run very similar to the one on the original Death Star there's a whole bunch of tiny similarities like that but I want to focus on that moment where Han dies for a second whenever that happened in the theater I can just I can only describe the audience's reaction with pure shock. And when the movie was over, someone actually booed the screen 
because they couldn't believe that someone could have the audacity to kill off Han Solo, one of the most iconic characters to ever grace the screen. But I couldn't disagree with that person more. I think it was one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen in a movie. And it helped to solidify Kylo Ren as one of the most multi-dimensional and, frankly, amazing villains that I've ever seen. This is not a cardboard cutout stand-in for pure evil. This is a conflicted person. We see him struggle throughout the movie with his almost uncontrollable desire to do good to the point where he sits down and he speaks directly to his grandfather, Darth Vader, to the mask that he has in his possession that belonged to Darth Vader. And he says, I'm feeling it again. I feel the light. He asks Vader to help him be strong and to help him do what he knows that he has to do. And if he can just help him do that, then he will finish what Vader started. Kylo Ren is going through something that we see a lot of heroes go through when they have selfish desires or the urge to do something bad. But though they struggle with that, they ultimately find a way to persevere and to do good. Kylo is doing exactly the opposite. He's trying to suppress his urge to be a good person because in doing so, he can attain more power. And those of you who feel the urge to dislike this movie because it kills off Han Solo, I urge you to reconsider. Ask yourself, is there anything Kylo Ren could have done to solidify himself as a villain more than to kill Han Solo, one of the greatest heroes that's ever existed in science fiction? I don't think so, and I think it sets him up to be one of the greatest villains that's ever existed in science fiction. I hope you guys like this bonus episode, and I'm going to try to do a lot more stuff like this in the future. In the meantime, if you didn't like The Force Awakens, go back and give it a second viewing, because there's so much there, and it is the best Star Wars movie that has come out in a very long time, and that's a special thing. Apart from that... I will see you guys with a regular episode of Life in Overdrive on Tuesday. Take care, everyone.